Welcome to the True to You podcast, your go-to show for practical wisdom to build a meaningful and creative small business. You'll find content on marketing, mindset, and tons of experts who want to help you grow a thriving small business that you truly love. My guests are exceptionally creative women building businesses from their zone of genius, all while balancing many other roles in their life. I'm your host, Ruby Marsh. Let's do this. Hello everyone, it is amazing to be here with you today and have the privilege of sharing today's guest and her wisdom with you. She is a wisdom keeper in my life, that's uh, how I love to think of this woman. We spoke right at the beginning of the True to You podcast. I went back into the archives last night when I sent Jen the questions and thought, when did I have her on? And it turns out that Jen was one of my very first guests. We recorded our episode back in June 2019. So we're talking nearly 18 months ago. She was guest number three or episode number three, if you want to go back and hear a little bit about some of her background story and things. And we spoke in depth about the power of recounting your story and and telling it in the written or spoken word. And I have the pleasure of speaking to Jen again today and bring that conversation full circle because she is about to launch her own self-published book, which is part memoir, I guess you could say, Jen, would that be... Yeah, so recounting some stories of her life to date. So my first question for you is, how did you know that you had to write this book right now and 2020 of all years with all of the other stuff that you do in your life and share this particular story with the world? I knew I had to write it because I was given or blessed with some time. (laughs) 2020 seemed to be the time that just opened up like heaps of space, you know, which is very rare in my life to have space in my head, space, you know, around me. So, um, yeah, I just closed, you know, as you know, my business and then thought I was going to go into a rest period. And um, this book just kept coming up and it's been there for a couple of years um but you know 2020 seemed to be the perfect time and the perfect space and opportunity to yeah really have the time to knuckle down and and write this book but mostly because you know I feel a huge shift coming in the world and a huge change as we've seen this year and I knew that in order for me to step into and whatever it is the purpose I am to have in the world through this story I needed to get the story out of the out of my head and out of my way first so then I can use that as a catalyst or a platform to yeah to really do it to to really start what I am to be doing so yeah Yes. And I think so wonderful that you had spent a couple of years encouraging so many incredible young women to share their stories. And you did share your story alongside them, but 
not quite in this uh, capacity or in this scale either. So it's quite incredible that probably hearing all of these stories from, from these women, it might have been that silent nudge to say, okay, now's now's my turn. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, for sure. Like it's such a joy for me to encourage other young women and people, you know, to share their stories. And you you hit it exactly on the nail. Like it was just now was the time, the right time for me to now share mine. So, yeah. yeah. Beautiful. So when Jen shared with me her intention for this book, she said in the email, this story is not about me. It's about you and you being the reader. You are my intention and the heart of my book. Talk to me about this realization, uh, especially when you're writing something that is so deeply personal and about you and I imagine I was speaking to an author yesterday as well, actually, and she said that although it was an intentional, writing became a really healing experience for her. And I, I have felt that personally when I did some story work with you as well. So why is it that you also saw that that the, the person that this book was really for was not for you, but for the reader? Yeah. My publisher and I went back and forth, you know, in the first coming months because, you know, what's the concept of this book, you know, that we were going through and she had heaps of ideas and I had a lot of ideas, you know, would it be a solution-based book or how-to, you know, framework kind of book and none of it sat right with me, like none of it was really aligned and, you know, a couple of weeks later of this back and forth, I just said, I just want to share my story. I just want to tell my story. And then I realized then that whoever reads my story, whoever reads this book will take away from it what their heart needs at that moment. And that's when it just kind of hit me. And even as a storyteller, when I tell a story or, or when I share my story, yes, it is about me, but ultimately my goal is for you to be able to connect with your own story. Like it's almost, that's what I want to invoke in others. That's what I want to encourage others. And so I get really quite sad when I've told my story and someone else comes back and tells me my own story back to me. I feel like I haven't achieved what my, you know, what I set out to do. Like just as a storyteller, when I know that I've done my work, when someone comes up to me and just starts sharing with me their story that's when I'm like yes you know I connected it had that connection you know you saw what I saw you felt what I felt you heard what I heard and that really is the power of story that's the essence that I take away from storytelling every single time and so it only felt more aligned and natural for me than to also write my book the exact same way um the story is not about me even though it is my story it really is about you and how you access your own story and how um then you you get to then go and tell your story and that's how I see the bigger picture the vision the ripple effect that it has so yeah this this was always going to be my intention and so interesting because you have been on a big journey in many ways and dived deep into the world of personal development that 
just like myself and that's how we met and it's it's interesting because I think when we read so many books in one particular area we might feel like the book that we then write has to be that instructional manual or has to be that book that gives people a framework or whatever it might be because that's so many how so many of those books go right rather than simply sharing your story and inviting the reader to then take from that what they need to take yeah yeah Yeah, absolutely like that's really what it is and I've had five people read my book you know in in the pre-stages and every single one of them came away with something completely different and you know that not only blew my mind but it just filled my heart up with so much joy um and love because that is what it's about um it's just me sharing my story there's you know and and i don't really look at myself as a teacher or someone that you know i I say this all the time like i'm not very good at giving advice anyway so i'm just kind of like i share my story and you take from it what your heart needs because it knows what it needs so Mm. yeah it was beautiful feedback to just have five different totally perspectives um and that just confirms it for me. I think the way I've written the story um, is the way it is meant to be. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. I'm curious to know, because I know there's going to be so many people listening to this podcast thinking, well, wow, writing a book, that's something that I would love to do one day, but it seems like an enormous task and I need to have months and time and space and all of these things, like all of these excuses. And if anyone knows Jen's background, you'll know that she is a fairly busy woman outside of writing this book. You're a very present and committed woman to so many Uh, aspects of your life you have been homeschooling your children this year you're a committed wife you're a committed mother how did you find time to write this book how did you how did you structure your life what conversations did you need to have with those around you to say mom's writing a book and this is not just a short story (laughs) yeah yeah I um yeah, I had an amazing book coach who was also my publisher. And um, I had to kind of throw the rules away as well because, you know, I'm a nonlinear type of girl, you know, but also love structure as well, you know, the structure in that. But um, she had this full framework and I just couldn't commit to it, just was not motivated. Um, but one thing did stick out to me, which actually was the game changer. And it was pretty much your book doesn't have to be a timeline, right? Like it's a personal memoir. That was number one was it doesn't have to be this timeline. You can just write in seasons, you know, and I talk in seasons. So you can just share experiences. And so that kind of reframed a whole heap of whatever was going on in my head. Like this is too hard. I can't even remember what I did a couple of days ago, let alone, you know, like a couple of years back. But just then to kind of know, I can totally do this my own way, um, which was, yes, I can do that. That's achievable. And number two was I put aside time every week um, in that one spot and 
that was not negotiable. So every Saturday morning, because I wasn't going to church anymore, I was then, you know, because our churches were closed, um, I was going to commit that time to just book writing. Um, had the meeting with Ken and, and the children and um, we all agreed to it that we were going to support mum you know during this time two hours every Saturday morning for as long as I needed throughout that time was solely book writing time and also then you know along the way voice notes became amazing you know where a thought just popped in my head and I voice note it and then on that Saturday morning I'd go back through all my voice notes or whatever I had written down and just kind of added it to that. So just also making it super achievable for me, not even saying, you know, every day I'm going to do this or not just one, one day, one thought. And I didn't feel like I had to go through the whole chapter as well, just letting it flow. Um, and boy, it flowed, you know, because I don't know, maybe it was the intention behind it, but it just came a lot more naturally um, doing it that way. So that's how I did it. <laughs> I think there's some really, really key things that you said in there. One was having that meeting up front and enrolling your family in that. You don't have a small family either. So uh, getting everyone on board is really, really important. But I think the size of your family doesn't matter. It's the fact that you established that boundary, yeah. doesn't it, uh, up front. You had a coach too, so you knew that you needed some support. Um, like you said, she provided a structure which you could take it or leave it or take from it what you needed as well. And yeah, you really writing, becoming a good writer. And I hear so many people ask me, how do I become a more confident writer? How do I know what to say? How do I know what my voice is? These are all questions that I think we're also plucking out of this personal development world as well, aren't we? Where yeah. suddenly we have this whole other skill set. But really what Jen has, has showed is that by sitting down every single week for two hours every week, you not only get the book done, number one, but you're also over time, I imagine, did you feel like your writing got better over time and it became a lot easier? It did. It absolutely did. Um, and also, and I felt sorry for my publisher as well. Like if you do read my book, um, I write how I speak, so um, which apparently is not, you know, good English grammar or, you know, um, it's really difficult to edit because it was very conversational and that's kind of how I write. And, you know, everyone has their own style, right? Like you're saying, like everyone has their own voice. But I also found it really helpful. And this is why she was so valuable, having a coach um, support me through it was she said, are you reading it out loud like are you talking out loud when you I'm like no I'm not I'm actually it's just in my head and I'm doing it and then when I started speaking it I think my writing improved as well because I was actually speaking it hearing it writing it it was amazing like, I don't even know I could do that you know like it was just oh yeah I'll just type silently but I found that it was a lot harder to edit it that way um and then the flow just came a little bit easier in the conversation as I typed, spoke, heard, 
and you're like, oh actually that doesn't even make sense <laughs> like you know and so as the chapters progressed um yeah massive improvements so it truly did develop it's it's yeah an amazing uh, skill. yeah that's so cool and now that's a whole new skill that you have for life yeah. really is uh and also if we've been through any certain types of education or we read certain types of books styles of books we can be so influenced by that that finding our own own voice perhaps yeah. out of writing essays in school or whatever it might have been uh can be challenging can be challenging and it's also probably a little bit of fear i imagine of bringing your true personality into your work yeah yeah, yeah. um it was funny my publisher said i didn't realize you were quite funny or cheeky like there's a you know, sassy <laughs> bit, of, yeah, bit of cheekiness there and um you know it's amazing how that can actually come through your writing as well so it's yeah it's beautiful how you know even the written word can really embody so much of your personality um, but totally a lot of fear around that as well like i a lot of things that i was unpacking as i was writing mm -hmm. i was like i can't believe i used to think that way or i can't believe i said that it was a little bit confronting as well so um, you know, do I really want to share that? Do you know? Um, a lot of that judgment comes and I had to fight through that the whole way. Um, what to include, what not to include, how people might perceive me or change the, their perception. And so there was a lot of that as I was writing um, and also a bit of a block to when I had those days where there wasn't any flow. Um, even though it was a two hours, if nothing was coming, I'd just stop. I wouldn't write and then just wait. Yeah. Sit with this kind of unpack it a little, little bit, what it is, and then just continue on like that. So never forcing it as yeah. well. Yeah. Just because you put that time aside, if it's not coming, it's not coming, <laughs> you know? Um, and then just really ask yourself, you know, like, what is it? What, what was the block? And for me, it was always fear you know judgment self-doubt and even getting closer to the launch now i'm like oh now it's really here now people are really gonna read my book you know and it's coming up all over again so um you know i think it's just natural and yeah you just roll with it <laughs> yeah yeah and that's all part of the experience i'm sure when people talk about writing a book they talk as much about the words that they wrote as the experience that they had right <laughs> yeah yeah Absolutely. yeah totally so agree. let's dive a little bit into some of the themes of the book and you shared a particular chapter with me that is really important for my audience because it talks about some of your journey of starting two businesses in particular and what that meant for you and now coming out the other side of that uh, in particular this last year what what you've chosen to do one of the things that you shared in this chapter is this idea of realizing how much you were living externally when you decided to make some of those decisions where you at that point in your life you you had 
made decisions based on what other people expected of you. Some of it was really uh, advice that was coming from, you know, people that we would consider experts, doctors and things like that. So uh, some of it you were like, I well, I probably should listen to these people. But there was also these beliefs and constructs that you now realize conflicted with what your heart was really telling you you should be doing and it took it took a couple of years didn't it for you to get to that the root of that so I know this is a theme that comes up quite frequently frequently for women is that they find themselves in this transitionary time in their life especially in their careers and they've taken one path that's probably a lot of decisions made on this external world and then they find themselves at this crossroads and what would you say to a woman that finds herself at this crossroads between the head and the practical and the external and the heart that maybe is saying no I think you should go this way yeah um would it be cliche if I say follow your heart (laughs) Yeah, I, you know, it took a couple of years because I was following my head, right? And I think it came back down to really honoring who I am um, and being okay with that. I think just being okay to be a little bit differently to what the experts are saying and to what, you know, everyone's expectations of you and just being okay to really trust that you do know. And to trust that um and i think why it took me so long because i was battling like i'm always battling between my head and my heart um and that's why the title is called redeem her heart because my heart always knew it always knew what i was to do it always knew where i was to go and i just continued to listen to and not trust myself you know we spoke a little bit about trust today trust was massive like being okay like even here sitting talking to you and just thinking you know like am I worthy enough to sit here and speak to Ruby about my book you know and trusting that hey my story actually does matter and my experience does will inspire or encourage someone you know and just trusting that um so yeah totally follow your heart as cliche as it might be or sound um it really is pure wisdom in that. And I think if we come back to the basics and not trying to overcomplicate that with, well, it can't be that simple. It is that simple in some ways, you know, with um, doesn't mean the journey's not going to be simple, but just in those moments of when you do choose, yeah, choose to trust your heart and follow that. And every time you went against a heart-based decision, it sounds like your your body reacted in some way and even then sometimes it took you (laughs) uh, a few times to go hang on a second what's you know my body's not just getting sick for a reason or yeah Um, (laughs) um, I guess that's the stubbornness in me um, and the strong will and again even your will right like I had such a strong will to push through and to fight and to strive like that is just always who I am and once I surrendered that 
um, to my heart because, yeah, and that was a totally new concept for me because my background, and I share a little bit about that from the time I'm a baby all the way up to adulthood, it was the same pattern, this fighting, this striving, this, you know, really this will to live, this will to survive, this will to keep pushing, pushing forward. And it was all led by my head. So, you know, some people say, you know, in my culture, you've got a real coconut head. Well, yeah, you know, because the coconut's really hard, right? So, <laughs> you know, metaphorically, that really is, um, you know, and, and I, I speak about this a little bit because my parents used to say it to me all the time. You have such a rock head. Um, you know, and that's they call that look, um, look or ma'a in um, you know our language, and it is it literally is translated rock head. <laughs> you want a rock head? <laughs> I love that. I I love that. Oh, and now you can laugh about it, huh? I can. I can. I can. You know, <laughs> not saying that there aren't some times that call for, you know, that you know sometimes that sound that head. You know, there's a balance, you know, between. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you just totally disconnect them from each other, then that's where I feel is the distortion or the disconnection with how you live out in the world. Um, and that's totally how I was living, just truly disconnected. Like, I didn't even know I had a heart. That's honest truth. Um, so this is almost like having a heart transplant, you know, almost like <laughs> surgery, like literally like heart bypass or whatever they call it. Um, that's what I had because they had to, yeah, you know, when they put those things on your heart and they try and wake you up because I didn't know what that was or what that felt like or what it, the experience was to live out of your heart. Um, so, yeah, it was a, a new journey for me. Mm. And this particular part of the book that that we're talking about, you were recommended to re-enter the workforce to find some stability or structure, I imagine, have some goals in your life alongside your own physical healing because you had broken your back, is that correct? Yeah. And so as part of this recovery journey, it's not just a short six-week recovery we're talking months if not probably years from that and from that conversation you did a remarkable thing and created two businesses one being let light in your storytelling business and what I thought was really 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 cool and really spoke to me personally in the way that I support women and the coaching that I do is that you took stock of your strengths and your gifts and you also looked in deeper your own Pacific Island culture where oral storytelling is a pivotal pivotal part like no mainstream media (laughs) this this is the media and this is the means of communication and that was a really bold move to go I've got these gifts I've got these strengths what gave you the courage at that point in that rec- part of your recovery, still very deep in your recovery, to say, I'm to hell with it. I'm going to start my own thing. <laughs> yeah, that was that um, striving, you know, that hard headed part of me that was, again, um, not wanting 
to show that I wasn't going to be defeated by what had happened to me. Um, you know, like I, you know, this external validation that I really thrived on. Um, it was always that. It was always, okay, life knocks you down, you get back up, you know. And so it was really, I lived and breathed that, like, and embodied it through and through. So this to me was just one of those next things, um, you know, like, okay, this is the next thing and perhaps this could help me with my healing as well. And so, you know, just as gung-ho as I am, I just thought, okay, I'm going to dive in head first. When I shared this conversation with Ken, I was like, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to start this business and da 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 And he goes, but what are you going to do? And then I was like, I had to think about it. I had to think, okay, well, I can do this, 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 and this. And um, that didn't seem like much of a business. And I went online and I was searching for, you know, these different types of businesses and I couldn't find anything um, that related to what I was envisioning in my head, um, which was really, you know, another journey. But yeah, it just um, really, again, that gave me that courage was, you know, that never giving up spirit. Like, yeah, you've gone through a hard time, but pick yourself up again and, you know, carry on through that strong will that I had to keep going. Do you think that's what your doctors had in mind when they said <laughs> you should get some, some stability and something regular? <laughs> they, they were saying, um, you know, because I also had PTSD following mm. my accident. So they just, you know, it's, it's highly recommended to really help with that healing process to not go back to prior to what you were doing. Um, and, you know, I was kind of like, well, then what do I do? And mm. it's almost like really reconstructing your whole life again. But it gives you a new, you know, a new focus and, a, mm. you know, and a bit of a purpose. They, you know, doctors, I think some of them do know what they're talking about sometimes. <laughs> Am I allowed to say that? Um, <laughs> in the best possible way. You know, they, um, I had an amazing rehab team. And uh, I think if you interview them, they would, testify to that rock hard head as well um yeah they would always be like she's so difficult this woman you know <laughs> she doesn't want to listen to the doctors so yeah <laughs> and and you just went you know a thousand percent at it didn't you I did, <laughs> I did. Yeah. so one of the things as you were going a thousand percent at these businesses is that you realized, well, I need to be on social media. I need to have an account for this business, an account for this business, and and all of these things, these expectations that sometimes we, are, again, for you, probably a lot was coming from the external, right, of seeing how other people were doing business and thought, okay, I need to do it how she's doing it or whatever you were using to model your journey, which really if we haven't started a business before if we haven't been surrounded by people in business it's the natural thing to do to to want to to model someone else's journey but through this time you spoke about this love-hate relationship with 
social media and the judgment that you felt quite frequently as you put stuff out, despite feeling as though you wanted to be on there because it also created a wonderful community. You were able to do what you do really well, which is cheer women on and and see them bring their stories to life. And I certainly am very thankful for being part of your community. And the one thing that you said was that who I was, why would anyone listen to me? Every mm. That was the judgment that was coming through. The confidence I once had was gone. I felt like I had a muzzle over my mouth, stopping me from using my voice. And I was constantly judging myself. When you think back over that time, and I know that you are most certainly not the only person that has felt like that. And you've probably had to coach plenty of women through getting their, recording their stories and and then going through that yourself. When you think back over that, what would you tell yourself if you were to do that all again? Yeah, um, <laughs> I tell myself a few things like... <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's, it, it was really amazing, actually, like you were saying, um, you know, all the shoulds, right? All the shoulds. We have to be on social media. You have to do things, you know, how everyone else is doing it. And um, that, again, would be something I would come back to is, um, yeah, just really trusting yourself again. Like, this just keeps coming up for me um, because I really... Well, also how you measure success as well, right? Like I was measuring um, or comparing, as you know, a lot of us speak about in the online world, you know, just measuring what success looked like. And on social media, you know, you see all these amazing coaches and the offers that they're putting out there. And you just feel like you can never measure up to that, you know? And I always have this story, I don't have the experience. Um, I don't have the knowledge and I kept telling myself that over and over and I guess I believed it right to be true and that's why there was this constant love-hate relationship because I never felt that I measured up and my standards were very high so you know there's this external world again and then this internal dialogue of you know you're never you're not going to be good enough you can't measure up you're not smart enough to create those kind of offers when I totally did, it was totally okay for me to create from my own heart and to create how I wanted to create it. And that's what I forgot that I was, I'm an entrepreneur, right? Like you can do whatever you want, you know, and no one told me that in terms of the business world or business mechanics. And that's not really how I, um, I learn. So I just feel if someone could just really have coached me along and just said, hey, you can totally do how you want it. Um, and that's what I would tell myself is just be yourself. Be be okay to just be, you know, just be who you are. Um, and I just really felt like who I was and what I was bringing to the table um, wasn't good enough. So yeah, again, just coming back to trust and really owning who you are and what you're bringing to the table. Um, yeah. Do you feel like since that time that you have now uh, 
healed that relationship. I'm not sure if that's really the right words to use around social media, but that's the first words that come to mind. Do you feel differently about it now? I do. I do. I love social media, you know, (laughs) to be honest. Um, You know, I know what my boundaries are and um, I just always keep coming back to what my truth is. And again, just being open to learn and being okay with differing opinions and all that kind of stuff. I think that's just who I am anyway. I can love anyone anyway who doesn't really see or think or feel. And I think just really using social media for what it is for me, which is um, not business anymore, you know, but what it is, it's connection, it's community. And those are my values. That's what I value. And so when I see social media, I don't, you know, I I have a totally different lens of what it is now. And so I find it really empowering and I find it as a really powerful tool for good. And that's how I view it now. So, Mm. yeah. I'm curious to know, uh, this is a, a little off topic, but around the social media, because we have a lot of women listening who have very young children, but uh, probably some with older children as well. How how has that journey been for you and how that's played out, which is super interesting, isn't it? Because you and I grew up just on the cusp of social media coming through so now you know in our late 30s we're kind of just getting into it and and finding out what this whole world is about but then you've got a number of children that are probably at an age where they want to have accounts on these different platforms and things I'm curious to know as a mother knowing what you've been through and what you know now how do you how do you parent them around this is a big topic and (laughs) but um but maybe there's some things that at the time you're going wow okay this is this is like if if I stood here as as Jen the mother and as Jen the businesswoman what would she be saying to to herself that is a big conversation isn't it and I guess every parent has their own take on it and when my boys who are 15 and 17 and they got their first online account last year um because mum was on it right so exactly um which was cool and they could only access it they didn't have phones um last year they only got their phones this year and last year it was total full access from my phone only um and so you know their passwords you know they were always logged in and it was just total open communication like there wasn't um you know, even if they logged out, it was fine because I knew their passwords and all that kind of stuff. And that's, again, having that conversation, bringing that to the, you know, to the table where we all sit around and we all come to an agreement of, mm. okay, you know, what are the boundaries? And we talk about, you know, what online is really about. And now that they have their own phones, um, which they bought themselves this year. So, you know, I can't really complain because, they bought it themselves you know they worked for it but then again we still have to have those boundaries um like at night they're not on it you know their phones are actually on the kitchen table or you know we all put our phones in the one place outside charging outside of our rooms um that's a big big rule in our home that we don't compromise on because it's just you know our rest is important but also because you know 
in the late hours of the night things happen online and you know and socially so that's a big one um but also again just that trust once you've had that conversation um then trust what they're using it for and what's the purpose of them to have social media so that's a big one we spoke about like why do you need the social media account and what's the purpose mm. um, and i found as well my boys are really bored with social media now that they rarely go on it um wow so you know one of them just like snapchat a little bit and he's always doing flips in the pool and stuff like that that he likes to share on snapchat which is you know i still don't know that platform but um you know that that they don't really my oldest one doesn't even go on instagram anymore um and they just find it really boring, you know, but I think because we had that open conversation about it and, you know, we speak about it and often, you know, what's the purpose, why are you on it? They then didn't begin to realize that, um, yeah, they began to realize that, no, there wasn't really a real purpose for me to be on. Um, even with their friends, like they prefer to, hang out in real life you know not all teens are like that um but yeah that's kind of been our experience so far with that yeah oh I'm sure the mum is listening and and the dads if there's some dads listening are going to pick up a few good cues from, from that I love how I love how straight up your parenting is and uh I think that's just a beautiful quality that I've always admired in you Jen that that, um, you know, it's a, it's a big job. It's a big responsibility, but you also do it with such heart and grace as well. Uh, so I would love to finish up by knowing what is next now that the book comes out, uh, when we, when this podcast goes live, the book will be out. People can purchase the book off Amazon if they like, What's next for you on the cards in terms of not necessarily personally, but your creative business journey over the next the next year? What are you excited about? Yeah, I'm really excited. I have um, two things coming early next year, which will be a podcast tour um, and a storyteller tour. No, not a storyteller tour, a speaker's tour. Um, so I'll be doing a little bit of speaking around my book um, and also a lot of podcasts. They, you know, they call it a podcast tour because it'll be, you know, a tour, a podcast interview one after another. Yeah. Um, so those are the two things I'm really excited about um, coming up, you know, and I think that's really where my heart is, where I've been trying to get to, you know, for these last couple of years. Um, being stuck a little bit online, I will now be sharing my story and, and speaking more about it um, in greater detail, I think, um, outside of that. Yeah, so that's what's coming. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Jen. As always, such a pleasure to connect. I, I thank whoever was watching over us that day that we connected back when I lived in Melbourne. Uh, probably three or four years ago now it's um, yeah it's it's really really cool I think um, it, that's the power of of friendship and networking and uh, yeah I consider you a soul sister so 
it's really nice to have this conversation and share your creativity with everyone else as well so thank you so thank you for having me on and I feel the same way about you soul sister like I just love what you're putting out there in the world and you've taught me so much as well you know and just following your journey and coaching and the heart that you have for women is just you know explosive and mm. you embody that through and through and so yeah Uh, yes for having me on today thank you you're welcome thank you